Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Sowing Hope. I am Bill Snyder, it's great to be with you today. And uh, just a reminder that you can always follow our ministry very simply at sowinghope at patchworkheart.org. Follow us on social media. All you got to do is search for S-E-W-I-N-G, Hope. Uh, today, I am not joined by my co-host, Ann DeSantis, but a shout out to her and all of uh, her family. Just uh, great, to, great to know them and I uh, wish she was joining us today, but uh, can't be here. So uh, anyway... We have a wonderful guest for you. His name is Anthony Barone Kolnick. His Tony. He is the author of the teen historical fiction series, The Harwood Mysteries, which has won seven book awards. He is also the host of the Shepherd's Pie radio show and podcast, which focuses on issues that impact young people today. He is an author of fiction and nonfiction books and articles and a columnist for a practical homeschooling magazine. He retired as a lieutenant colonel from the U.S. Air Force, Judge, Judge Advocate General's Corps after 21 years of military service. He currently teaches law at the University of North Texas Dallas College of Law, and he speaks at writing, legal, and homeschool events. Tony and his family live in Jacksonville, Florida. It's much warmer there, Tony, isn't it, than uh, here in Wisconsin. Thank you so much, Bill. It's really a pleasure to uh, to be on the show. I really wish uh, Anne could be here too, um, but um, you will just have to send her my regards. And just means we have to have you back. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's even better in that case. Uh... <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So one of the things we always do on this podcast, and you have a fascinating story, uh, one of the things we always like to lead off with is just whatever the Holy Spirit is putting on your heart about your personal journey that you want to share with our audience today. Gosh, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, like, like many people, you know, I think my personal journey has taken me in a lot of different paths throughout my life. Um, 
unfortunately, oftentimes uh, straying off of the path that I should be on. But thank, thankfully, God is a merciful God and um, always seems to call me back to the right spot. And, um, you know, today we're actually talking um, on the uh, Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Um, and uh, it's actually the 40th anniversary of my own father's death, actually, when I was 12 years old. So that's on my heart today. Um, as I think about that, and, um, you know, I know we're going to be talking about my books, and, uh, you know, some of, some of what I went through as a kid, I, I think I've channeled into some of the story of, of my characters, my books, too, so I'm thinking about that a little bit today, for sure. Absolutely, we'll, we'll pray for your father as well. What was his first name? Ernest. Ernest, Ernest, Co Ernest Colank, yes. <laughs> what a beautiful name. Uh, so certainly pray for him today, uh, and lift him up, but, uh, let's jump in with the books then and, um, share with us about the Harwood mysteries, uh, this book series, right? It's a book series. It is. It is an ongoing series published by Loyola press. It is inspirational historical fiction for kids ages 10 and up middle school, high school, even college. Uh, there are currently three published books in the series, and the fourth one is at Loyola right now and will hopefully be released uh, in summer of 2022. Uh, I could show you some of the uh, covers if you want. As I'm, there's three of them. The first one is called Shadow in the Dark, um, and the second one is the Haunted Cathedral, and the third one is the Fire of Eden. These covers... Um, you know, we're done very well by Loyola Press. And it's it's an exciting kind of, you know, when I was writing the stories, I was trying to channel sort of the exciting, spooky vibe that you might get from a Harry Potter series, but mixing it with, uh, instead of some of the baggage that Harry Potter brings, you know, instead mixing it with some good baggage and some great messages for teenagers uh, some religious themes. And, and even though it, the, the books get a little spooky and um, we look at, you know, some you know, creepy uh, figures roaming around the Abbey grounds or um, rumors of ghosts in cathedrals or wizards. Um, in, in the end, uh, as, as your uh, audience might suspect, um, good prevails and, and we realize uh, that God is good. And, uh, and there's nothing in the books that would be, um, you know, offensive to a Christian uh, Catholic audience. Awesome. Awesome stuff. And tell me a little bit about the historical fiction. You know, one of the first things I noticed was uh, like the very first page of this as I opened it up and it, and it said that the historical fiction is different than fiction. Um, and it gave a really nice description, but talk about that for our audience and talk about that for young people in particular. Uh, how, how should they approach reading this and why is historical fiction different? Yeah, so and Loyola Press, actually, uh, you know, that was their idea to put that at the beginning of each of these books, uh, because they really did. I mean, they're marketing this um, in a way that you could use this, these books as a supplement to like a homeschool curriculum or a private school, you know, social studies or history or literature um, series that's learning about the Middle Ages or the Crusades or monastic life or something like that, uh, which are topics that, you know, they, they touch on at different points in in kids' education, or at least they should. Um, but with historical fiction, what we're doing, like my books are set, actually, I created an abbey. Um, so Harwood Abbey, um, where my main character, Zan, is a peasant boy in 12th century England. I guess I should probably tell you this, right? Hey. And he, uh, his village is attacked by bandits at the beginning of Shadow in the Dark. 
and he winds up losing his family and losing his memory. And he's at this, he winds up getting uh, found by the monks of Harwood Abbey and they're Benedictine monks and they wear black robes. And so they call them the black, the black monks. And so the, the, the first book especially takes place at Harwood Abbey, which is a fictional abbey in Yorkshire, England in 1184 AD. So with historical fiction, you know, sometimes we might, you know, use actual historical events and maybe set our characters in the middle of them. Um, I do that in book two, The Haunted Cathedral, where uh, the, the most of the action takes place in the town of Lincoln, England. And there are two beautiful landmarks there. If anybody's ever been to England, um, Lincoln Castle and Lincoln Cathedral are both two major, uh, you know, tourist attractions today. And Lincoln Cathedral, or at least um, a former version of it, was standing in 1184. And there's like a major historical event that goes on in book two at the climax of the book. And my character, Zan, and his, um, his best friend, Lucy, um, both teenagers, um, find themselves in the middle of this historical event. But sometimes historical fiction is just placing um, characters in a time period and uh, like for book one, like I said, I made up the Abbey, uh, but it's it's sort of a representative Abbey and the events, you know, I kind of relay life in a peasant village uh, during the time of feudalism where you have these landlords and and the serfs who are living. And so Dan's family were serfs. And so you kind of see what it was like um, to live in a, a feudal society and you see how monastic life operated in the Middle Ages. You kind of get a glimpse at the everyday life of the monks and how they pray seven times a day and how they're copying the sacred scriptures and the classics of Greek and Roman antiquity. And, and you know, we learn about some of the, the historical um, conflicts between King Henry II and the Pope and things like that. So, um, you know, so depending on the book, you know, it may be more or less historical in exactly what's going on. But the purpose is um, to entertain, but also to, to sort of teach um, kids. And so that's really my hope for the series. You know, we were homeschoolers and everything we do as homeschoolers, you know, we want to teach kids as we're doing it. And so, you know, I wanted this to be kind of spooky and I wanted there to be good themes, but I wanted kids to learn about the Middle Ages. And this time in the Middle Ages is particularly fascinating, you know, because it, it comes just a few years after the martyrdom of Thomas Beckett. Uh, king Henry II was the king who was blamed for uh, the murder of, uh, of Thomas Beckett in the cathedral. And, um, and it comes between the second and the third crusades. And so there's lots of really uh, interesting historical things going on. We're just actually a few years before St. Francis or St. Dominic uh, appear on the scene um, in other parts of the world. But, um, but there's all sorts of cool stuff going on. I, and I try to illustrate it, but without the books seeming like they're a history lesson. I mean, the books are meant to, to entertain and sort of draw the, the kids into this kind of spooky mystery. Yeah, you know, um, it's it's really fascinating how you mentioned that there are lessons to be learned from this time period of the Middle Ages, uh, and it's relevant for for today's teens. Um, you know, uh, are, are there any particular themes throughout the, the three books that you've written that you really want kids to learn? What are those lessons that you want kids to learn from in the book? From in the the book? books. 
Yeah, the, the overarching theme of the entire series is really it's a coming of age series about vocation. What does God want for my life? And this is something that all of us go through throughout our lives. I mean, I don't know at your age, but at my age, I'm still right now thinking, what does God want me to do in my life? You know, and I'm a bit older than you. Um, and, and kids, of course, as they're coming into their teenage uh, years and they're going from childhood into adulthood and in the Middle Ages, that happened a lot younger than it does today. You know, these were real questions for my characters. You know, Lucy is seriously thinking about becoming a nun. Zan is trying to figure out, should he become a monk or should he go live with his uncle in, in Lincoln and become a merchant's apprentice? So the, the stories are ultimately about vocation and following God's will. But each book sort of has its own main theme that goes through it. So book one is, is a bit about really about suffering and why do bad things happen to good people? Because Zan winds up having a lot of bad things happen to him throughout the book. And he struggles with it and his faith is struggling with it. And he's trying to figure out, you know, um, why this is happening as he's also trying to solve these kind of spooky mysteries going on. And so there's some beautiful um, passages where, you know, he's talking with one of the nuns and about suffering. And, and for instance, she, uh, she also had a tough life and, and he's asking her about how she got through it. And she basically takes the crucifix around her neck and points to the suffering Christ on the cross. And, and so there's some discussion then later, you know, for, as he's coming to terms with the idea that God understands our suffering and, um, you know, how it's tied and it's wrapped up in the suffering of Christ even. And so book one is, is a little bit about that. Um, death and suffering is sort of like the overarching theme. Book two is about forgiveness. In the Haunted Cathedral, Zan winds up having to travel to Lincoln from the Abbey with the bandit who killed his family. And he's, you know, the bandit is going to face a trial in, in, uh, in Lincoln on, at the uh, King's Royal courts. And it just so happens by a, uh, you know, twist of fate, if you will, that Zan is traveling with the very bandit that he hates. And the bandit is very remorseful and would like forgiveness, but Zan does not seem like he wants to forgive because he's holding on to this hatred. And so, Throughout the book, you see Zan kind of struggling with, you know, um, you know, Christ's message that we should love our enemies, forgive, you know, pray for those who persecute us and this kind of thing. And, and Zan kind of is, is discovering the hard way what happens if you hold on to your hatred and, and refuse to forgive. And then in book three, The Fire of Eden, it's actually a jewel thief mystery. Um, one of the monks uh, who comes from a very wealthy family um, has a precious ruby that belongs to his family. And on the eve of the monk's ordination, the, the, the ruby gets stolen. The ruby is actually called Eden's fire um, because it, it has this uh, flashing, um, you know, when you flash light on it, it, it looks like the flaming sword and the cherubim in the Garden of Eden. So they named it Eden's fire. And um, it's stolen. And uh, the, the, the spooky looking wizard on the cover is one of the... Uh, on the cover of the book is one of the suspects, but the book is really about pride. Um, and all the characters are sort of struggling to one, one way or another with pride. And um, so that's the theme of book three. Mm. You know, these all sound like <clears throat> amazing books and themes that we would want young people to, you know, explore in their lives. Uh, you know, understanding these 
overarching themes at a young age is so, so important. And, and using your imagination, like Tony has clearly done, to move through um, the, these stories and teach valuable lessons to young people, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college age even, um, it, it's a great thing. So, you know, maybe uh, talk with us a little bit about, um, you know, the, the places people can get these. How can people support your work, I think, too, in writing these is also really important because I know there's another one coming, right? Uh, book four, you, you know, you mentioned it's going to be out. It's an ongoing series. So tell people where they can get them because, you know, we're at the heart of the gift giving season here with Christmas. So these would make great, great gifts. Tell people where they can get them and what they can, uh, you know, where they can get stuff and, and support your work. Sure. Well, of course, um, well, first of all, my website is antonycolenk.com. That's A-N-T-O-N-Y-K-O-L-E-N-C.com. And I have links to um, the harwoodmysteries.com, which is my other sort of book series website. And there's places you can go to buy them. You can, of course, buy them on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. You can buy them from Loyola Press. Um, If there's time in the season, though, uh, go to your local bookstore, your local Catholic store and support your mom and pop local bookstore. Um, A lot of them are stocking it on their shelves. And if they're not stocking it, you can ask them to get it. Now, if we're this close to Christmas, that might not be a possibility. You may be stuck with Amazon uh, Prime to get it to you in time. But um, but I, I'd like to encourage people to support their local bookstore because we often forget how hard it is. You know, I just came from a conference where, you know, we had a lot of uh, Catholic booksellers there and, and bookstores. And, you know, these are just mom and pop operations a lot of times. And, you know, they're struggling to stay in business. So, um, but yeah, so and, and so are us starving authors, right? Um, I'm not exactly a starving author because I'm a lawyer and a law professor. Um, but if I had to rely on my income from uh, writing the Harwood Mysteries, uh, my family would all be starving right now. That's for sure. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that that is so important. And so supporting those local Catholic bookstores is is great. Um, I, I, I kind of want to uh, shift gears a little bit, Tony, I would talk about your podcast too, uh, as we're about halfway through, I figure, Hey, let's talk a little bit about your podcast, the shepherd's pie. I know it's a relatively new podcast out there, uh, in the grand scheme of podcasting. Um, but talk to us a little bit about the, um, the, the goal of it for young people and, you know, you know, who is it for and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, as I was um, marketing my books, you know, which are really an outreach to youth, as we've been talking about, you know, trying to reach youth where they're at today. And um, I was actually being interviewed by a Catholic radio station uh, last summer, and they said, uh, WQPH in Massachusetts, and they said, uh, you know, you know, have you thought about the possibility of developing like a radio show where you could talk about like issues involving youth since we you know we we're talking about all these things that you and I were just talking about and I prayed about it and thought about it and I said all right you know that actually sounds like a pretty cool idea I can make it a podcast um, you know it, it's broadcast um, you know on WQPH and hopefully I can get it on other uh, Catholic radio stations out there also it's, it's not really an exclusive thing um, but you know I, it's it's a podcast that sort of is a natural outgrowth from Um, what I'm doing with the books. It talks to parents, grandparents, teachers, youth ministers, pastors, whoever, 
It's an ecumenical show. And I talk about issues that impact youth today, whether it's, um, you know, dealing with anxiety, whether it's how can we use, uh, you know, fiction to help kids, um, you know, learn good lessons, whether it's, uh, you know, what pro-life issues are out there for kids today. I mean, like pretty much anything that might impact, um, you know, uh, last week I, I did one on the Canadian saints and, and, and I always have an, uh, an interview with somebody just like you do. Um, usually it's an author or a lawyer or somebody that, um, you know, I'm, I'm talking to uh, something with youth though. And um, so we might talk about, I was talking with uh, the senior legal counsel at the, um, oh my gosh, now I'm going to, Americans United for Life. And we were talking about the importance of building a culture of life in, you know, among our, our teens today and the abortion issue. And then you know, I was talking to a lawyer from First Liberty about the importance of being able to practice your faith in public school and what are some of the cases that are going on in our country today and talking to authors about their individual books and sometimes different themes that we have. And in fact, I even spoke with some guy from Patchwork Heart Ministry, um, you know, about, you know, the importance of outreach to college students. Um, so, you know, that's what they like to do. And then I usually review something at the end of the, the show. It's a 28 minute show and I'll review a book or a movie or something related uh, to entertainment for youth. Um, usually trying to bring to the attention uh, of, of the listeners, maybe a great uh, Christian team book out there, or um, like I reviewed like in the Heights and uh, some other movies um, just to kind of talk about current events that are going on. You know, that is so cool. And um, you mentioned that word ecumenical, um, which which I think, um, you know, is awesome. It's not an area many Catholic podcasters delve into um, because, you know, everyone's kind of concerned with, oh, this is this is, you know, our territory. This is the Catholic Church. These are the rules. These are the right. Um, but but talk about a little bit, you know, making it relevant for christians uh, across the board and, and what that's been like um and and even some of the response you've received uh from from the different people listening in the different audiences you know it's it's a real blessing because i mean look let's face it like what 95 percent of what we believe is probably overlapping with the rest of christianity you know and when we're talking about issues that impact our kids and you know we want our kids to grow up to be happy and healthy and to, you know, um, love Jesus and love God and live out their faith and make good decisions. You know, you don't have to be Catholic to be able to figure that one out. You know, all of us are, are sort of struggling with the same issues. And there's some really great, um, you know, uh, books out there written by non-Catholic authors that are doing the same thing. You know, they might be fantasy books, they might be um, you know, a book set in, in different in times in history. And of course, I have to, you know, use some uh, judgment in, in, in what I'm going to do with the show, because you're right, there is a limit at some point. Um, you know, so when I say it's ecumenical, I interview people of, of all different um, faiths. And I don't really emphasize the, you know, what faith are you or anything like that. We talk about, you know, issues. And, and, and you'll find if you listen to the podcast, what you find is, I mean, we're all talking about the same thing. I mean, we're not talking about doctrinal differences, you know, that split the Lutherans from the Catholics, because frankly, that's not all that relevant to helping our kids right now today, you know, and to giving them hope. And so thankfully, um, 
you know, that, that isn't the kind of a focus that I have on the show. If it were a doctrinal show, I would definitely run into that. And, and I have, like I said, I, I say it's ecumenical, but like, you know, I, I, I have an author on, I'm talking about St. Joseph and, uh, you know, it's talking about the North American martyrs, the Canadian saints, um, you know, so it's not like I'm not talking about issues that are also Catholic issues. It just depends on who I'm talking to. Um, but I felt like, you know, cause I, you know, I, uh, although I was a cradle Catholic, I did leave the church for several years and was a born, uh, born again, Christian for a while. And then came back to the Catholic church after, um, you know, actually talking to a Catholic who knew history and introduced me to Carl Keating's um, fundamentalism and Catholicism book. And once I started learning history and reading the apostolic fathers, I was shot. I was stuck becoming Catholic again, whether I liked it or not, because it was the only thing that made sense at the time. Um, you know, so, but I, so I understand because of that, I sort of have a, um, I feel like I have an understanding and an affinity for our, our, our Protestant brethren out there. And, um, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't have any problem with um, having conversations because I mean, like, you know, I mean, we all know people who aren't Catholic and most of what really matters to us when we're raising our families is not something that should be dividing us, you know. Exactly. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that we have in common is that, you know, with with this show anyway, you know, Sowing Hope, uh, because Ann and I always say the same thing, like this is a show for everybody we don't hide our catholicism we don't you know we we preach the truth we teach the truth of the faith um but we've interviewed um people who have encountered holocaust survivors all all people across the board different authors and stuff and there's so much to learn and the other thing too is um i and we maybe can comment on this a little bit especially for our young people out there um i i like to say we're playing an away game often as evangelists, right? Think about playing baseball and you're, and, and we're playing in the other person's stadium right now, right? Like you, the, the, this world is so secular. And so, you know, as, as you author books, as you talk with people about um, the, the, uh, the issues that young people face, maybe touch on a little bit um, of some of what you found, some of your advice that you have for young people out there. We have a lot of parents young people that listen to this show um so maybe what what's your advice for the best way to play an away game uh, out there yeah i mean i i think we need to realize we although we're playing an away game um our teammates we're on the same team um and in this away game and some we all know catholics who are not particularly faithful catholics and a lot of times i feel more affinity to a very faithful evangelical than i do to a kind of a fallen away Catholic, because I can tell that the evangelical and I, we're playing on the same team, we're playing the same game. And, um, you know, and so it's not a time for us to sow division. And I, I really love the title of your podcast, Sowing Hope. That's one of the reasons my shepherd's pie tagline is a slice of hope to raise faithful kids, because I think we need to be hopeful. There's so many, too many things in the world that we could be cynical about right now. And what we need to do is focus on, you know, the hope, because we know that God wins in the end. And we know no matter how tough it gets, God is in control of this. And, and so there's no reason for us not to have hope. 
uh, in the end, even though there's plenty of bleak things going on in the world. And so, uh, you know, my best advice uh, to anybody is, you know, um, when you're dealing with youth, find ways to engage with them. We don't have to be preachy to them about anything. That's why, uh, you know, I write these books uh, for youth in a way that isn't preachy, but that, you know, faith is, is organic uh, to the plots and to the characters. Um, and a lot of other authors are doing that. And I always like to plug, by the way, my colleagues, I'm one of 16 Catholic authors at a website called catholicteenbooks.com. You may have heard of it, yeah. but there are a lot of really good Catholic authors writing books for Catholic teens um, in all different genres. Some of them are historical fiction. Um, Corinna Turner uh, over in the UK has her I Am Margaret dystopian you know, series that's out there. And there's a lot of us there. So I'm not the only one doing this. And as I've been talking to a lot of these Christian authors um, on my podcast, I realize we're all trying to do the same thing. And, and most of us are doing it at the level where we realize the enemy isn't other Christians. You know, um, the, 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 the enemy is the enemy, right? And that is, you know, the one sowing division out in the world. And we're all sort of trying to accomplish the same thing. We're trying to bring our kids uh, to a place where they can be safe from some of the, uh, you know, the dangers that are out in the world. And, and, you know, usually those dangers are not coming from, you know, uh, you know, Protestant doctrine, you know, those dangers are coming from people who are really trying to, to bring our kids away from God and to an atheistic society. And, um, you know, not to mention drugs and, uh, abortion and anything else that goes with it. Um, so I, I do think it's important for, for parents and, and anybody who works with youth to realize there are a lot of good resources out there. We can engage with our, our teens where they, you know, live. And, um, and sometimes that's a little uncomfortable for us as adults, uh, because we don't necessarily like maybe where their journey is at the moment, but we have to I mean, we have to engage with them at a place where they are located. I mean, the, the prodigal son, you know, went away and the dad had to let him go. Um, and, and um, but when he was coming back, you know, he engaged with him where he was at and he didn't, you know, decide to give him a big speech when he showed up. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really appreciate um, how, how you talk about we're all on the same team and that division is from the enemy. I, I think that is a really, you know, key takeaway. The other thing I think, you know, that you're doing so well um, is per protecting the imagination of young people. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is I think there are so many different things vying for the imagination of young people, right? Where, um, you know, you mentioned some of them, drugs, alcohol, that's something that, you know, steers the curiosity uh, away you've got a bunch of other things you know uh, occult stuff you mentioned in there you know just things that are uh, drawing people away from, from the faith um, but and and having kids imagine a different reality where whereas when you write books like the ones you're writing this hardwood mystery series um, you're you're allowing kids and write and, and and authoring and writing is so important because it allows 
you know, the mind to put the pictures, you know, in, and every kid has a different image in their mind of, you know, yeah, the cover of the book gives you, you know, a few core images that you can reflect on. But after that, you know, um, you allow people to explore that. And so uh, taking that imagination, making it go far um, is, is, is awesome. And you're doing such a great job at that. Uh, I, I, I want to make sure um, that, that, you, you know, we, 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 mention where people can find the podcast too uh as well so uh, as we're kind of wrapping up let people know where they can get that you mentioned it's on wqph and if there's any of those uh radio stations out there catholic radio stations out there that you know how the hell they can contact you and bring the shepherd's pie to their radio station thank you well i definitely have that one-stop shopping at antonycolink.com my shepherd's pie episodes every week i put my newest one on there, um, there's a uh, interview scheduling form. If somebody thinks, hey, look, you know, I've got a book or I've got an idea or I work in a ministry that deals with youth and I'd love to come on the podcast, there's a place where they can fill out a form. Um, there's a contact sheet. I would love if other radio stations would say, yeah, you know what, I'd love to have your, your, your show on my station because that just, uh, you know, allows me to reach a, a broader audience. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's all out there. Uh, I love what you're saying about the imagination because you're right. Um, there's too much with our kids right now where they're just watching TikTok videos, TikTok videos or, face, or Facebook or YouTube videos and just laughing at total nonsense. I mean, I see it uh, in my own, uh, you know, kids and, and people in our in my life. And it's like, gosh, you know, like if you could be sitting reading a really imaginative book right now and your mind is you know, actively exploring the universe or history or, you know, whatever. I mean, just, uh, you know, get off your device for a few minutes, yeah, right. please, you know? Um, and so, I mean, I, but, but, but you got to give them a reason to get off their device. And so that, that means engaging with them on an entertainment level. And you can reach kids with fiction and with movies and books in a way that you can't reach them with your catechism class or just taking them aside and saying, you know, Johnny, let's have a talk about this because, you know, they're not open. Their imagination is not open at that moment to receive, but when they're reading an adventure and they're, they're living through kind of the character's mistakes or the character's thoughts, and they see, you know, Zan is struggling with forgiveness. They, they get that because they have somebody bullying them at school that they don't want to forgive either, you know, and if you could see it play itself out, you know, um, you know, in the character's life, my hope is that, you know, that is instructive and, uh, you know, informative to them and will help continue to, to keep them on the, on the right path. Look, we're all on a journey. Like I said, at the beginning of this uh, talk, I mean, I've gone off the path more times than I'd, I wish to admit, um, but God still has the path, you know, for us. And, and God is a forgiving God. Thank, thank God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Tony, thank you so much for coming on uh, folks. I, I want you to get the Harwood uh, Mystery Series uh, by Tony. It's, again, through Loyola Press. You can find it anywhere books are sold. But as he mentioned, go to your local Catholic bookstore and patronize them uh, here before Christmas and give it to a loved one. Uh, it's, for, it's for all those ages, uh, 10 and up. Um, you know, folks, so get, you know, get, you know, get it out there uh, and, and stuff it in the stock in this holiday season. But, Tony, we certainly have to have you back because there's so much more to talk about with you and the ministry. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. I, I really appreciate being on your show. And thank you for the ministry that you do, both here and also with your Patchwork Heart Ministry. Absolutely. Well, folks, until next time, all this Catholic Heart Ministry. I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope in the program.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared. Fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.